Welcome to Mark Connor's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au. It's really great to be at City Life uh, this week. Uh, thank you for your welcome. And uh, Nicole and I are really appreciative of this opportunity. Uh, February was a really big month in the life of City Life. And for us, uh, the church celebrated its 50th anniversary. It was a great milestone. And then the following weekend, my farewell after 22 years as senior minister. And then the following weekend, inducting Andrew as the fourth senior minister of City Life. It's hard to believe it's been eight months since February. And uh, Nicole and I want to just thank you for the many notes that you wrote. We have thousands of A5 pieces of paper, and every one of those notes were very meaningful to us. So thank you for taking the time to do that. Some of you dropped by a video booth in the foyer. I think we had almost two hours of video messages that we've been watching through. Lots of laughs, as well as a few teary eyes. And so again, thank you for taking time to do that. That was really special to us. And also the, the generous offering that you contributed towards us. And so that was a, a really big weekend in our journey. And so I want to really take the time to thank each of you for that and to commend you for getting behind Andrew and seeing the mission of the church continue to move forward here at City Life. Uh, some of you have been asking, what have we been doing? Well, we uh, took a couple of months off just to rest and refresh and refuel. Uh, we're living in the Sunshine Coast, Queensland, which is um, not a bad place. We get about 300 days of sunshine a year up there. <laughs> which is a little tough. Some days we just sit there and go, I wish it was raining today. <laughs> and so we're suffering for Jesus, but we're doing okay up there. Um, how are we doing personally? Well, it's been a lot of change for us, a lot of change. We left our, our home and our family and our kids and the church we've been a part of. So a lot of change, a lot of adjustment. We're still working through some of that, but uh, we're doing really, really well. Thank you. Uh, Nicole's doing a bit of writing and research and content writing for various groups. Uh, looking at some further study. Um, I'm starting to do a little bit of speaking at various churches and conferences, doing some mentoring and coaching of pastors as well as some consulting. Just got back from Russia uh, where we ministered in St. Petersburg and Moscow and Siberia. Uh, I spoke 13 times in one week, so they worked me really hard. But I didn't have a large church to come back to have to run, so uh, it's a little easier to be a blessing to the church, the broader body of Christ, uh, after spending decades just focusing on leading a church here at City Life. And so good days ahead for us. And so appreciate your prayers and support. And so I uh, hope that's helpful for those that are asking some questions about what we're up to. Well, enough about us. Let's talk about you. Uh, City Life Church, the story building project. We've got uh, some pictures coming up now of the brochure as it was released uh, a little over three years ago. Hard to believe. February 2014. This was the initial brochure and the story building project was launched. And why? What is this project about? It was all about extra car parking, a better entrance into this facility, a new community center, upgraded kids' rooms, a larger foyer, a new cafe, and a more attractive front to the church. And how many think it's looking fantastic? Really looking good, isn't it? And uh, yeah, as you drive by High Street Road, the building kind of says, come on in. Come on in, come on in. It's very warm, it's very welcoming. And so it's achieved everything that it was set out to do and it's looking so good. In fact, Leanne and Andrew were walking Nicole and myself around on Thursday night and uh, I said to Nicole, doesn't it look fantastic? She says, yeah, it looks a million dollars. And Andrew and I went, no, it looks $11 million actually. <laughs> and uh, I hear that the giving's up to about $7.4 million, Andrew tells me. So 
So well done. That's a lot of gift giving, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, some of you may have not had the chance yet to give. I want to encourage you. There's still an opportunity there to contribute. Now, this is a phenomenal facility that our previous generation invested in so you could be blessed. Here's a chance for you to invest not only in city life now, but for the future generations. And so encourage you to give towards that. And so what a great achievement. A big shout out to Peter Lee. What a tremendous job he has done. Wow. You know, before Peter came on staff, he was an engineer. And how many know nothing's wasted in life? And so he's managed a couple of building projects on time and on budget. That's pretty rare. And so uh, a great job to Peter in leading this project and something that will be a blessing to City Life from here on forward. You know what I really felt to share with you today is that not only is there a story building project that's just completing, but God himself has a story building project. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 today, verses 4 to 5. Uh, all of you have heard of Peter. He was one of Jesus' disciples. In fact, he was the one that had the revelation of Jesus being the Messiah. And Jesus said, you're Peter, and upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Peter was there on the day of Pentecost when the church was born in Jerusalem there. And he saw churches planted all over Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so near the end of his life, he writes a letter to some churches. And this is what he says. First, Peter 2, 4 to 5, as you come to Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, and that word you in the Greek, it's plural, you as a community of faith, you as a local church, you like living stones. Everyone say living stones. My dad used to say living stones, not rolling stones. And it used to get a few laughs like it just did then. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Can you see God has a story building project? And guess what? It's you. You as a church community together are being built up to become a, a temple, a house, a home, a dwelling place for God. You are his story building project. And the news is God isn't finished with his story building project in you as a community of faith. In fact, praying for this weekend, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to tell you that the physical story building project, which is about done, is a prophetic picture of what God is doing with you as a group of people. It's a picture as we look at what's taken place. It's a metaphor to show us the kind of change that's taking place here at City Life. Just as in that project, there are foundations that remain, but there are are some areas that have been taken away and removed and there are now some new areas that are emerging in the same way that's happening at City Life. It's called renovation. Everyone say renovation. If you look that up in the dictionary, it means to make something new again. It means to remodel, to refurbish, to redecorate, to update, to improve a building or a place. Anyone done any renovation in your house lately? A few hands there. Uh, Nicole and I got married 31 years ago. And uh, after renting for a while in Chadston, we bought a, an old weatherboard home in Baronia. 
And we were kind of umming and ahhing between that and another house. And the agent said, oh, look, it doesn't matter. The average person moves every seven years, so you probably won't be here long. We went, well, we're going to be here the rest of our life. Well, fast forward 31 years, we've lived in nine houses in our 31 years, many of them prompted by various circumstances. Three rentals, six other homes, some that we built, some that we renovated. So we understand renovation. In fact, one of our favorite TV shows is Grand Designs. Anyone seen Grand Designs? It's a lot about renovation. And if you've ever renovated your house, can I say renovating is exciting? You know that's not going to be my only point. <laughs> Renovating is exciting. You decide to look at something that's a bit old, a bit tired, a bit dated, and you go, we're going to polish it up. Renovating is exciting. But in addition, how many know renovating is messy? It's messy. There's dust and debris everywhere. It's inconvenient. It's uncomfortable at times. And somewhere in the renovating process, I guarantee there'll be some obstacles. There'll be some twists and some unexpected turns in your renovating progress or your project. Uh, this house in Baronia, um, I actually worked part-time as a builder's renovator at a high school. So um, we got this house and I started changing all kinds of things. There were weatherboards that were a little bit rotten. We changed them. We had a pink bath, had to re-enamel that. We uh, repainted the whole house inside and out. We redid the kitchen, the bathroom. Never forget one Saturday, um, I'd been renovating the toilet. We had a long hallway with a big rumpus room at the back and then the entry and the kitchen up here. And along the long hallway, there were rooms and this toilet. Uh, one Saturday, we were having a whole bunch of young people back for a supper. This is before Saturday night church. And I was, uh, I, I just retiled the toilet uh, floor tiles and I had just finished grouting them and they were looking good and, and, and people were coming in about half an hour, you know, so it's a little close to the line. And, and as I finished the grout, cleaned it up, I went to put the door back on and I hadn't realized that by putting these new tiles in, the floor level had lifted and the door wouldn't fit. <laughs> And I didn't have time to get the electric saw out and trim it off. So we had a really interesting evening. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than sitting on a toilet with no door, <laughs> knowing there are people at either end of the hallway who could walk by at any moment. <laughs> Awkward with a capital A. Welcome to the world of renovation. Uh, years later, my mum passed away and we ended up selling that house and buying a block of land here in Knoxfield. And we built a new house with a unit next door for my dad. And uh, it was the first house we'd built and you got all these ideas and um, you only got so much money. And I had this dream of the living room having a surround sound system. And so before the plaster went up, I put all these wires in all ready for the speakers back to a point. Anyway, they plastered. I didn't have enough money to kind of put it in. In fact, I left it for a few years. And I got to the point where I bought the speakers. And so one Saturday, I went up on a little ladder with my drill and the nice big round drill. And I went into the plaster. No wires. Oh, it must have fallen down. No wires. Oh, it must be this side. 21 holes later... All around the room, I could not find any wires. My wife, Nicole, in all her glory, 
walked into the room and was not impressed with my <laughs> renovation project. Our new house has all these holes everywhere. On the 22nd drill, I found the wires, and they were actually pushed behind the isolation, I think they call it, call it, and it was all back here. So I had to actually drill a little further. Renovating is a lot of fun. It's exciting, but it can be messy. It can be uncomfortable. It often costs more than we thought, and it takes longer than anticipated, but it's worth it in the end. Some of you need to hear that. It's worth it in the end. Well, what's that going to do with city life? Well, could I suggest that city life's in a time of spiritual renovation <laughs> and there's some letting go of the past? Jeremiah's ministry was to root out, tear down, destroy, overthrow, and then build and plant. I like the building and planting. I don't like the tearing down, destroying, uprooting, and overthrowing. Look at this picture coming up on the screen now. It's easy just to kind of pass over that picture, but how many can see a little demolition happening there? You could kind of call it destruction. And what's new out there would not exist today unless that old was taken away. But let me tell you a few things. Can I be honest with you today? I'm going to be honest anyway. Just up to the top of that building there is my first office. I used to work right there. And my beautiful bride, Nicole, walked under that portico. We got married in there, and they tore it down. <laughs> and no one seems to care. No one seems to care. Th that building there has memories. It has nostalgia. And you know what? It's gone. But see, sometimes we actually have to let go of the past, the familiar, maybe some nostalgia, some memories, to make room for the new. Here, a physical place, but sometimes people. Old senior ministers moved to Queensland. New senior minister. You'll see staff changes. I was up at uh, Harvest Bible College the other day doing some interviews, and there was Ewan and Lillian Lowe. Used to be on City Life stuff. Hey, how you going, guys? And then I went from there over to Light FM to do some recording, and there's Nerida. Used to be Delgett's PA. There's Chris Martin. I'm going, City Life staff, they're everywhere. Sometimes there's changes, there's movement. Uh, back when I took over from my dad, anyone remember John and Julie Steele and David and Rosemary Searle? Some of you don't know those names. They were amazing leaders on my dad's team. John and Julie went back to New Zealand. David and Rosemary went and took a church. There was nothing wrong. They didn't dislike me. But there was some changes. And so there's staff movement and staff changes. There's people movement. People come and go. You know, when I became the minister of City Life from my dad, I thought people would join the church and no one would ever leave. Why would you leave? I'm an amazing senior minister. <laughs> But people come and people go. I remember as a young pastor sitting down with a mature pastor named Jack Hayford, great church in Los Angeles. He says, Mark, when I was young, I used to see my church like a lake with one inlet. And people would come in and the church would get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's how I saw being a pastor. But he says in Los Angeles, this is 20 years ago, he said 40% of our congregation move on every year just through mobility. We have to grow by 40% just to stay the same. I said, Mark, I had to change my mentality from the church being a lake with one entrance to being a river where people come on at one point and who knows, at some point they may relocate or move on for various reasons. And my goal is not to keep everybody. My goal is to make sure if they move on, they're more in love with Jesus. They're a more mature disciple than when they came. Wow, what a mature attitude. 
And so in this renovation, there's some letting go of maybe some people and some leaders and some staff have some change and movement, programs and ministries. Anyone remember Action Night? All church teaching in one night. You weren't there. Two hands. It was great. Anyone remember 516 prayer? Windows to heaven. Some of you are going, what is going on here? These were all great programs and ministries, but how many know programs and ministries have a use-by date? When your computer gets a new operating system or your phone gets a new operating system, some of the old apps don't work anymore. They need upgrading. They need introducing. And that's cool, but it's a bit uncomfortable. Sometimes there's a few bugs in them. And so there's changes to programs and to ministries. Our mindsets, we have to be open to letting the old go and embracing the new. New people, uh, new leaders, new programs, new ways of doing things. This is part of God's renovation work. Uh, about a year after I took over from my dad, uh, we had that one of those greeting times and my dad told me, someone came up to me and said, hi, are you visiting? <laughs> my dad, being very gracious, just said, yeah, I've been a couple of times before. You have to adjust to change. Maybe someone's sitting in your seat today and you feel like telling them, I've been sitting in that chair for 20 years. That's my chair. <laughs> or maybe it's time to move to a different chair. We've got to be open to letting go of the past and reaching out to embrace the new. Everyone said amen. And so my message to you today is the story building project is a prophetic metaphor of what's happening in the church, in the spiritual realm. And so here's a key question to interview yourself today. What can I do to further embrace God's work of renovation in City Life Church? What can you do to embrace it and work with it? It'll be a little messy. It'll be a little uncomfortable. But it's important that you engage with what God is doing. Everyone said amen? amen. All right, that was my introduction. <laughs> Let me move on to another thought today. So story building project. Well done. God's got a story building project here at City Life still underway. My final theme today is that you individually are God's story building project. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Paul is writing here. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received. That, that word you in the Greek is singular. You individually have received the Holy Spirit from God. You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so not only is city life as a community of faith the temple of God, the story building project of God, you individually are God's dwelling place, his home. You are his story building project. And just like the church is going through a period of renovation, guess what? You and I are under renovation. Anyone feeling a little renovation work lately? God loves you just as you are, yes? But he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And so we individually are going through a period of renovation. It's called the renovation of the heart, the renovation of the heart. And so how do you and I cooperate with God's work of renovation in our own lives? Let me give you a few suggestions. Firstly, we may need to let go of some stuff from our past. It's good to move on from the past, but if the past is affecting the present, we need to deal with it. 
uh, our house up in Queensland uh, slopes down at the back to a little creek and there's, there's a small dam on our property. And when we got there, the dam was filled with debris and rubbish and branches and leaves and the water was very tainted. You know, we could just kind of pray for more rain and God to kind of fix it. But no, we had to actually remove a bunch of stuff from the dam. We had to pull out the branches and the rubbish and the debris and, and, and rake out a heap of the leaves. So when it rained, the water was suddenly fresh. You know, it's a bit like that in our lives. Sometimes we've got things beneath the surface. It could be a, a hurt or a disappointment or some bitterness or some regret from the past. And we don't want to just dig unnecessarily, but if that stuff's beneath the surface, it's going to taint our attitude, our words, and it's going to hinder God's work of renovation. Are there some things you need to let go of from your past? Sometimes we can do that by ourselves. Sometimes we need help. We've got some great counseling rooms over here at City Life. Maybe it's worth just seeing a, a godly, mature counselor and say, hey, I've got some stuff from my past I'm just struggling to move on from. Or maybe it's some time by yourself. You know, if you've got a bucket of muddy water and you just keep moving and keep active, it's going to stay muddy. But if you'll just be still, sometimes the mud settles to the bottom and you get some clarity about what's actually underneath the surface and you can deal with it. Are there some things in your past you need to let go of? Sometimes we need to let go of things in our past that are good things. You know, Nicole and I are in a new season and it's scary and exciting and there's new opportunities, there's new possibilities. That didn't happen without us letting go of some good things. Graham Cook talks about the principle of displacement. If you have a full plate, there's no room for God to give you anything new. Sometimes we actually have to empty or subtract from what's on our plate to create some space for new things. Uh, some of you love movies, and in the movie industry, one of the most well-known awards is the film of the year. And leading up to the Oscars, everyone's surmising, uh, predicting what's going to be this year's film of the year. What people don't know that in the movie industry, there's just as an important award, and it's called the film editor of the year. Most of you have heard of Steven Spielberg in movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Saving Private Ryan or Schindler's List. But many of you haven't heard of Michael Kahn. Michael Kahn is the editor of those films. And every time a movie wins the Best Film Award, the film editor often wins the same award or is at least nominated. What's the editor's job? The editor's job is actually to cut away, to subtract, to remove everything that's superfluous so that what's left shines through. We often think life will get better if we add more. <laughs> Maybe it's time for you to do a little subtracting. Stephen King, best-selling author, said, to write is human, to edit is divine. <laughs> Cutting away can be difficult, can be painful. Maybe there's some stuff that you need to let go of, some good things that are actually hindering you from the best things God has for your life. And so that's one way to cooperate with God's work of renovation is dealing with our past. Another is to cooperate with what God's doing today. Uh, maybe you've learned this already, but I've discovered God's more interested in my character than what I'm doing for him. <laughs> he's interested in who I'm becoming, not what I'm achieving. And so that means he's going to focus on my character and he's going to focus on your character. Now, what's happening in your life today? Um, maybe it's a conflict that you're going through. And sometimes when we go through a difficult season, we just want to get out of there. <laughs> but we need to stop sometimes and say, God, what are you trying to do in my life? What am I learning? It's not like every situation has a deep and meaningful cause, but uh, sometimes we just want to get out of situations where God's actually wanting to work in our life. 
And so is there an unresolved conflict God's actually using as part of his renovation project? The previous senior minister used to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper. Those people that just kind of rub you the wrong way. Come on, they irritate you. They grace against you. They might be in your life group. They might be in your family. They might be in your work team. They might be in your neighborhood. And you know what? Sometimes when you're around Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper, we want to move. We want to go to a different life group or a different job or a different neighborhood. Just a little insight. I've discovered that Mr. and Mrs. Sandpaper have cousins everywhere. (laughs) They are everywhere. And so sometimes the issue is not getting away from them. I'm not talking about abusive situations, but sometimes it's not getting away from them. They're saying, God, what are you trying to do in me? You're renovating my heart. What could this conflict be showing about something I need to change? Jesus says when there's a conflict, when there's an offense, go and sort it out. It's the most disobeyed commandment of Jesus. We do everything but go. We talk, we pray, we share, but we don't go. And because of that, we carry offense, and it actually hinders God's work of renovation. Some of us have had not been offended personally, but we pick up others' offenses. We have a funnel like this that goes, yeah, yeah. Did you hear what they did about them? And we carry all these offenses that aren't even anything to do with us. We've got to see what God's doing in our heart during this work of renovation and make sure that we're responding to what God's doing today. Uh, Sometimes it's being open to feedback. Uh, We've all got weaknesses. We've all got blind spots, things we don't see about ourselves, and we need others to actually point those things out. That can be a little bit awkward, a bit embarrassing. I told our volunteers, or City Life volunteers last November at the Volunteers Night, a funny story. About 10 years ago, I had a a shirt that was one of my favorite shirts. It was a black shirt with white cuffs and a white collar, and it kind of had um, red, like, flames going through it. Really cool shirt. I really loved it, and uh, I often would preach in it. In fact, that year, I happened to be invited to speak at the Hillsong Conference. Nicole and I went to Willow Creek to speak for Bill, Bill Hybels. I spoke in Singapore at the Festival of Praise, and then I spoke in Sweden at the Europe Conference. And I wore that shirt every time, and in all humility, I was really good. (laughs) And and, and I loved that shirt. And and, uh, about a year later, I was here at City Life on a Saturday night sitting right at the front here, and uh, at the greeting time, I think it was Lynn or one of our friends sitting behind us, she goes, what's with the naked women in the shirt? (laughs) I go, what? She says, what's with the naked women in the shirt? Unbeknownst to me, with the black and the red flames, very subtly there were silhouettes of nude women in there. (laughs) I'd never seen them. Nicole had never seen them. Thousands of people had never seen them. I'd preached around the world in this shirt. But how many know when you see, it's hard to unsee? Needless to say, I've never preached in that shirt since. <laughs> you know, there's things in all our life we don't see. <laughs> we need someone else to actually maybe point them out to us. But that means we've actually got to be open to feedback. It's so easy to blame other people, to blame other people, and actually the issues ourselves. I told the funny story of John Maxwell shared years ago of a, a grandpa who was asleep one afternoon and the grandkids found some Limburger cheese and they came in while granddad was asleep and they put the Limburger cheese on his mustache. And uh, he woke up from his nap and he goes, man, this room stinks. 
And so he walks out to the kitchen. He goes, what are you cooking? It stinks. Then he goes into the living room. He goes, the living room stinks. He eventually walks outside. He goes, the whole world stinks. (laughs) Sometimes that's the way we're living. The whole world stinks. And maybe the problem's right under our nose. It's our attitude. So easy to blame. You know, Jim Collins says great leaders, when there's a problem, they look in the mirror and they say, what can I do better? When there's a lot of stuff going good, they look, sorry, look in the mirror. When there's a lot of stuff going good, they look out the window and they credit everyone else. Insecure leaders, (laughs) when things are going really bad, they look out the window and they blame other people. When things are going really well, they look in the mirror and go, I'm a good leader. So easy to blame, so easy to deflect. Oh, God, what are you teaching me through this situation? How are you wanting me to change? Maybe God's renovation work in your life is focusing on integrity. Uh, One of the interesting things about this building that's finished here at City Life is there were some problems in the second floor between uh, floor levels that didn't actually match up. And so there was a lack of integration and quite an expense and effort was put into getting those floor levels all integrated. See, integrity means there's an integration between what people see on the outside and who I really am when no one's looking. The truth is, in most of our lives, including mine, there's often a gap between the impressions we give, the image management we control, and who we really are when no one's looking. And that gap actually creates internal stress, but it also is a target of the Holy Spirit in God's renovation work within us. And so is God pointing out some integrity issues for you? You say one thing and do something different. You present this, but you're really this. That'll be a target for God's renovation. Sometimes it's integrity in relationships. What does that mean? Integrity in relationships is evidenced by how we treat those who are not present. You ever been with somebody and they start bad-mouthing and talking down somebody else who's not in the room? Have you ever thought about the fact that it's probably highly likely that one day they may be doing that to you and you're not in the room? It's actually a really good habit to think about every conversation you're happening and if someone's name comes up, to actually imagine them in the room right there and let that shape what you say about that person. That's integrity in relationships. I'm not saying anything that I haven't said to that person or I wouldn't say to them. When you live like that, you create a high degree of trust in your relationships. When trust is high in a family, in a workplace team, uh, in a sports team, when trust is high, you can move really fast. You can bring a lot of change about. You can move at the speed of trust. But when trust is low and people are saying one thing in the room and then having conversations up the hallway or they're nice to someone's face and they're talking behind their back, when trust is low, how many know there's no glue and things aren't moving at all? We, unfortunately, are good at talking about people. We're not good at talking to people. And it does huge damage in relationships. And so maybe the Holy Spirit's zeroing in on some renovation in this area of integrity. And so a second interview question for you today is not only to say, how can I embrace this work of renovation at City Life? A second question is to interview yourself and say, God, what area of my life are you putting your finger on right now in your work of renovation? 
Holy Spirit never comes to condemn. Condemnation is this general feeling, I'm no good. No, no, the Holy Spirit always comes to convict. It's always very specific, and it's always aimed at positive change. So take a few moments today and say, God, is there an area in my heart that you're placing your finger on? that you're wanting to work on today. We talk about stories of transformation. City Life wants to see more of them, but how many know you and I need to be a story of transformation? We need to be one. Dallas Willard said there's a big difference between being Christian and being Christ-like. That's a powerful statement. It's a big difference between having the label Christian and being Christ-like. You and I are being transformed. We're being changed. But we have to cooperate with what God's doing in our life. And so a very simple message today. The story building project's almost done. I'm here going, fantastic. Well done, City Life. You prayed, you gave, you supported. Yay, God. Yay, City Life. Second major point, you as a church are God's story building project. He's working on you and this is a season of renovation. It's a little messy, it's a little uncertain, might even be a little painful. I want to encourage you to lean in, to embrace, to work with what God's doing in the church. Thirdly, you individually are God's story building project. And Philippians 1 verse 6 says, He who has begun a good work in you will complete it. How many know God finishes his renovation projects? He doesn't run out of money. He doesn't give up on it. He's going to finish the work he's begun in you. And so my challenge to you today is to say, God, what area are you putting your finger on in me today? Maybe there's some things to let go of. Some things from your past to kind of dig out of your soul. Your external story is fine, but what's happening in your internal story? Maybe there's some good things. Maybe you need a good movie editor to say, you're doing 10 things, but you're doing none of them really well. They're all really good. You know, you need to actually maybe subtract and do a few things a lot better and find more joy in them rather than feeling like you're never doing enough. Maybe that's your response. Or maybe God's zeroing in some character. Maybe there's conflict. Maybe there's a phone call you need to make today. Can we have a coffee? Maybe it's thinking about your integrity personally or in relationships. Whatever the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about today, I want to encourage you to respond to that and see God continue his work of transformation in your life. Everyone said amen? Amen. amen. Let me pray with you as our worship team comes forward. God, today we're really excited about the story building project. It looks amazing. Such a beautiful building, fresh and new. And uh, so well done. Well done, City Life. God, that's what you're doing in the spiritual realm for City Life as a church. And so I'm praying today as your work of renovation continues, as Andrew and Leanne lead the church forward, there's changes, there's new people coming and going, there's all kinds of things happening. And I just pray during this season that there'll be a sense of your peace, your calm, and that City Life as a community would just embrace and acknowledge, yeah, this is a season of renovation. The, build, the building's done, but we're still morphing and changing as a community and people would work with being willing to let go of some things and reach out to some new things and as the next six months and the next year goes forward we'll start to say wow this is looking really good this new era is starting to take shape and Lord for people personally today you love us so much but you love us so much you're not going to leave us as we are and, and we are your 
story building project. And so I pray today, right now in these few silent moments, some people that may not know you today, that they would just say, God, come and live within me. I want to be your child. Others of us who are Christians, just to go, okay, God, I felt that prompting. I felt that conviction today. We wouldn't just hear the message, but we'd do something with it. And we would go from glory to glory. We'd be transformed. And, and we would live a life that would make people want to be a Christian because we're attractive in our attitudes and the way we speak. We would not just be Christian, we would be Christ-like. And so continue your work of transformation in every heart here today. I pray that today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. amen. City Life, God bless you. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, visit markconnor.com.au.